Welcome to the Every Thought Matters podcast. This is a podcast about origin stories, thoughts, and whatever else may come up. Please subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. I hope you enjoy these wonderful conversations. And thank you again for listening. This episode of the Every Thought Matters podcast is with Dr. Nisi Moore. Dr. Moore has a lot of acronyms behind her name and has run treatment clinics, practice family counseling, and has a life coaching institute. But that isn't what makes her great and special. She's just a simple woman who has always loved helping people from a very young age. She truly has a gift, and it was a pleasure to talk to her on my podcast. Give it a listen and smile along with us. And remember, every thought matters. All right. Welcome, Dr. Nisi Moore, to the Every Thought Matters podcast. I really appreciate you being here today. I am just delighted to be here with you, Kelly, because every thought matters. That it does. Thank you so much. What a nice plug right there out of the bat. I love it. A fellow Texan, too, mind you, and I love that, too. So we get it. We know what Texas is like. So that is great. And how are, how are you today? I am absolutely fabulous. You are always fabulous, though. <laughs> I just, I have been following you and, and friended you on Facebook a long time ago, and I love your posts. They're so wonderful and great, but, and I encourage everybody to follow you on Facebook because I just think they can learn from that. Awesome. You're an amazing human. Well, You've I done so much. So much. Well, talk about, for me, just to kind of give a background, why did you, like, you've got a master's degree in counseling. Is that correct? Did I get, get that correct? I do, yes. And a PhD in? Marriage and family therapy. Wow. Yet you have a life coaching institute as well. I do. Where did that start? I mean, as a kid, was this something you always wanted to do, like help others? Have you always been in service of others? Well, as a kid, you know, I always went to the kid that was crying to comfort them and uh, the one who didn't get chosen to play baseball or basketball and I'd play something else with them. So I think it was kind of in me early on, but I, I never dreamed I'd even go to college. <laughs> wow. Why is that? Well, up in a family where the most important thing was getting married and having kids. And so I just assumed that's what I would do. I had a wonderful mother and I thought, well, I'll just be just like her when I grow up. And I hope I'm a smidgen like her, but I certainly did not choose the same path in life as she did. <laughs> wow. So you were you kind of looked for the underdog as early on as a kid, which is that kind of matches my mentality because like I'm a huge sports fan. So I always kind of root for the underdog unless it's my team, but the, I do, but, I do the same thing today, whether it's college football or NBA, whatever sport I'm for the, under, right? un unless it's my alma mater, of course. <laughs> right. What is, which is your alma mater again? Well, I uh, took courses at a private college here in the Dallas area, but then um, I went to the University of Texas and I ultimately graduated from what was East Texas State University, but now it's part of the A&M group. Oh, very nice. Yeah, that's kind of what 
like with my dad, my dad went to a college called Carnegie State, but now it's part of the University of Nebraska school system. So it's kind of the same thing. So I like to talk to people about their, what I call an origin story. It's like, where, like, where did that manifestation and desire to literally do marriage and family counseling and then how did that transition into life coaching? That's what, to, for me, that fascinates me. Well, I think that uh, I went to a year of college and then I left college to go travel and sing all over the world. And uh, that was a wonderful experience, but touring with 12 people in a van um, and watching relationships grow and fall apart year after year, I thought, I I want to do something about this. So when it came time to go back to school, I thought that's what I want to do. I want to help families, marriages or couples of any sort. I just I just want to help them be happy. And so it ended up being a great career path and I loved what I did. But I'll tell you this Kelly and if any psychologists are listening in, please just bear with me for a second. Uh, <laughs> one of the things I figured out early on was that in the field of psychology and marriage and family therapy, there weren't a whole lot of really breakthrough modalities out there. So I decided I was going to find one. And so I studied with masters in the arena that I really respected and some people not even in that arena, but who were great uh, people who had thriving families and marriages. And through that, I put together my own program. I started teaching that at professional conferences, but to be honest with you, my uh -huh. colleagues only wanted to do what research said and they didn't want to roll up their sleeves and get their hands dirty helping people so i thought i can't do this all by myself so i said surely there's either clergy or uh, mm -hmm. or leaders in the community or teachers who would kind of want to learn this so i just started teaching people what i knew and it became a coaching institute. So now I train and certify all kinds of coaches. I will say a lot of them are relationship coaches. Sure. Well, it doesn't matter. Uh, I took, I'm a, a life coach as well. And I took just like a low hanging fruit kind of life coach certification. It's, it's nowhere near as good as yours. And I know this oh. and I'm okay with that. That said, there's like 10,785 different things. But yes. even in that little podunk course that I got a certification in, I learned so much about coaching, like the origins of it and the different types of coaching that there is. It's so, it's just not sitting and talking to people and going, yeah, you might want to save up $10 a month so you can buy that car at the end of the year. It is so much more than that. And yes, I think from my outside view of you, you have a PhD in marriage and family counseling. And I think you probably took that into how do these people talk to them? And you, what I like about how you phrased it is that you said, they just kind of wanted to do what they knew. And you just said, no, let's push you outside that comfort zone. Let's see what really works. And yes. you came 
and created, and how long has this Life Coaching Institute been around? Over 20 years. Really? Yes. That is fabulous, girl. I'm, that is, I'm so proud of you because there's a lot of them out there. Trust me, you, you go Life Coach certification, boom, you're going to get pop-up ads on Facebook and Google and whatever, you know, and I'm, I just think that's amazing because I think you truthfully, just the way you talk to me on Facebook and the way you talk to your followers and your friends on Facebook, you're a sweetheart, you're, but you're, you know, a Southern Texas gal and you use that to your advantage. And I read a, a thing from another podcast that you did and this sentence really struck up it's to me and I thought I had it highlighted. She has the ability to connect with an audience immediately and on a deep level and is able to take a room full of diverse opinions and meld those opinions into a solid course of action that everyone takes away as their own. What a, wow. I mean, what a powerful statement about you. That was written by a medical doctor that, that came through my coach training. And, and he, was, he was just such an amazing human being. And he spoke that, I think, before it was true. But after he wrote it and it was out there, it's like, I better accomplish that. He says it was clear in me before then. But, you know, I think that in a world where there is so much angst and arguing and conflict and, and debate yeah. and all of those kinds of things, we really need to all be focused on pulling us together. And that's part of, of my real heart, Kelly. Two people trying to coexist, or whether it be a company falling apart or a church in a disastrous situation, why don't we just pull together? Because we all have some commonalities. And rather than fighting about our differences, if we can come together and focus on, like you and I, we have commonality. Yeah. We're both life coaches, we have passion to help and influence people. Why don't we focus on that instead of deciding? I'm sure if we sat here an hour today, we could figure out 10 things we differ on. Who cares? I don't Let's care. Together. Yeah. <laughs> I listened to a lot of law of attraction type of stuff. And I think when he said that sentence, it was already there. It was just you losing the resistance to it being yeah. there for you to see it. But True. the other part of the law of attraction is, is, if you find people that you like, just focus on the positives. And if the negative keeps coming up, they'll fall away and you're done. And that's why I like you and it's why I was drawn to you. I mean, seriously, because you're, I don't know, you just have this warmth about you, which he wrote about as well. And that's why you fascinated me. And it's like, okay, when I reached out to have you on my podcast, I'm like, now she's too big to be on my little podunk podcast, but you're like, no, wow, this is great. And that's what makes you Nisi, though, I think. And how did you, have you always been this warm and caring? I, to be honest with you, when I was a young girl and a young adult, I was very, very shy and afraid. But if I could get close enough to someone, I just loved everybody. It's just that I was so afraid. And obviously, uh, I've had three people 
give me gifts in the past year that say fearless. I have a giving key that says fearless and I've got a bracelet that says fearless and I have a necklace that says fearless. So the fear's gone, uh, but I'm hoping and it's interesting what you just said because someone was asking me yesterday, um, is your goal to like be on Oprah type shows? And I'm like, no, my goal is to just love on and melt hearts of as many people as I can. And I don't care where that happens. If it happens in the Walmart parking lot, if it happens on Kelly's podcast, right? just want to touch hearts. Right. Unfortunately, our viewers or listeners can't see my dog, but my dog's on the podcast now. And I was just going to say, oh, look at her. And I thought, oh, they can't see. Yeah, I know. Um, my next season two of my podcast will be all video, will be video and audio. And I have to get used to that. But because that's a that's a hurdle. But that's one thing I love about myself is that and I think you have the same DNA is I love challenges. I had a challenge when I moved here to Rockport in June of 2019. I left L.A. because it was just too expensive. And all I had was my possessions in a van I rented and my dog. And I didn't have a job or a place to stay when I drove into town. Oh, and I, the next day I found a place to stay because I had some reserves in the bank, not a lot, but enough to put yeah. a, you know, pay my first month's rent and found a job and I'm still going. Look at that right, is I'm, awesome. Yeah. So you like those challenges too, though. Yes, what a story. If anything's possible, get in your van. You found a place you might like to live. Go try it out. Right. <laughs> I love it. I know. I only knew one person in this town. One. Wow. And now, and who is a, is a friend of mine who's a former life coach who really helped turn my life around. Honest to goodness. Because as a life coach, when I hired her back probably in 2012, I think, or 11, I can't remember. We always forget what day it was. Um, I was writing goals every year and I, you know, never accomplishing. And then I'm like, I kept trying how to, you know, change my life and I just couldn't. And then I hired her and she took me to uncomfortable places, which as a coach, you think it's like all, you know, sunshine and rainbows, but it's really not. It is about getting them into their uncomfortable spot. How do you deal with that? How do you handle that? Because you're so warm and sweet, yet you've got like, for instance, I'll give you an example for mine. Mine was, she said, burn out a month's checking account and all your transactions, which at the time I was making over six figures as a computer programmer. And that still freaked me out, even though I had plenty of money in the bank. Mm -hmm. So very uncomfortable. Yes. But right out of the box, that's what she did. So how do you handle that? Because you're like so warm, kind, and sweet and generous, yet you have to coach people. We have to put them in uncomfortable situations. Absolutely. How do you do that? Well, you know, I, I do it by starting uh, putting some fire in their belly and fire on their backside by helping them see that where you want to go, your dreams, uh, your best life, it's not here where you're comfortable. And we've got to do some walking on water together. And, wow. uh, and it's, it's funny because what I learned is if I could 
give them that and give it in their soul, um, then if I could just walk out on the water and extend my hand, they would always come. And then they always look back and say, how the hell did you get me out here? <laughs> I know, right? Isn't that, but isn't that what, why we do what we do? Yes. Because when they look back at you, you go, yeah, that's why it fuels me. And that's, even this podcast fuels my fire. This, and I had an epiphany not more than six months ago, sitting on the front porch of my friend's house. And it's like, everybody thinks a purpose is a vocation or a career. And it's not, it's, it's a honestly, what's your definition? Cause I'd love to compare notes just because I I'm so enjoying you right now. Oh, so what is your definition of a purpose for you and how you teach your clients and for you personally? Well, for me per personally, uh, my purpose mm -hmm. is to inspire and encourage the greatness to come alive in every human being I encounter. And I call purpose that thing in you that longs to come out, that you may at the moment think I could never do that, but if I could, ah, oh, I'd be so fulfilled. And when I believe when people identify that, like you said, it's not, not a vocation always. In some ways, my vocation and my purpose go hand in hand, but it's Certainly not do. always that way. But sometimes our vocation supports our purpose. And, right. and that's okay. But right. it's the thing that makes us put our head on the pillow at night and say, ah, I lived it today and it's good. Isn't that great though? Like I, I know that like, it's funny because I, I was on this path of being a life coach, which I love and I enjoy, but the, uh, then I decided, you know, I just, I, I used to really mock podcasts. Like everybody's got a podcast and now I'm, this is my 16th episode. I started in November of last year and I've got 16 episodes. And this will be number 16. And that's just amazing to me. And this fuels my fire more almost more than coaching even though coaching is i love how you describe that and that's that's what's fulfilling but i do that in regular life just with people like i have a barista that i work with and i'm like well why do you want to be a she wants to be a history teacher and i got her to go beyond oh because you know i want to be a teacher and the real why because the, her why everybody has a why yes got her to get beyond that and that's holding that hand while they're walking on water and getting them through there to where now she has her eyes more open to what she wants to do. Yes. And the why, because then when she's in a, a class that's like a, and you know that she went to like a lot of years of college, I've only got two, but when you go to those classes that you have to take, but you don't want to take, yes, she's going to keep that why in her head because she's going to get through that class. Absolutely. That's how we help people. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. That is right on, Kelly. And one of the things that I know that you know about your barista is that whether you continue working with her for six months, six years, or whether you're done, you can always look back and say, I helped this one, and therefore I can help the next one. And it's yeah. a self 
propelling engine that keeps us plowing through challenges and difficult situations because we all have them. We bring, oh, yeah. we have people that bring them to us and we have them ourselves, but we know that we know that we know we can get through them. Cause we got through them before. And that's what, you know, when I've started to understand that no matter what it is, whether it's a health issue, whether it's a, a emotional issue or a relationship issue, like I, I think I've told this story on my podcast before, but it was, I was in Houston when I lived in Houston for 14 years. I was sitting at a stoplight and listening to the song that this girl that I was dating gave me when it's great. It's like, and I knew that it was unrequited love. And I just sat at that stoplight and I was crying, you know, the, the, and the light turned green. I'm crying my eyes out, but in the middle of crying, I'm like, you've been here before. And I know it was like, a, it was a Thursday because I said, you'll be, you'll be better by, by Sunday or Monday. You'll, mm -hmm. Okay, you'll get through it because you've done this before. Yes. And that's what I understand about life is like, I know if I'm going to have a challenge, I've been, okay, let's recall this thing. Have you ever had that situation? And then I went there and that's what we do as coaches. That's what I do as people's friends. Cause I'm like, yes, I told that story to one of my friends that I used to work with and she's only 21 years old and her boyfriend broke her heart. And I said, and I told her that story and she's like, and she was crying, like ugly crying and poor thing. And that helped her get through it. Yes. So, but that's what you said is when we help those people, whether it's a paid client or a friend, you're still helping them get to point A to point B with some wisdom that you have, because that's what we do. And that's what, for me, that's my passion. Right. Well I just admire your passion. And it, it's so funny. Here we are, hundreds of miles apart, a dark-haired guy, a light-haired girl. We could be on totally different planets, and yet we're on similar paths. And I think that's just beautiful. I love that. And the thing that my grandma told my mother when she was in sales at a, a five and dime store up in Nebraska said she's walking around. She's like, and she was in sales. So she had to make money on sales. So she told him, you know, talk to somebody long enough to find something in common. And that's what's going back to what you said. We can focus on the differences or we can focus on the commonalities. And like, there's another barista where I work. She was a trainer in high school. She's going to graduate this year. And she was a trainer, meaning, like for sports. Mm -hmm. What did I do for four years in high school back in the early 80s? That was what I did. That, oh they didn't call us trainer. But yeah, yeah, right? You can always find something in common. Absolutely. And it was funny because the my co other coworkers and the owner, who's my boss and all of that, told me she's really quiet. I come into work and I see her. She just starts talking me up. That's how you do it. Absolutely. And that's what gives me joy because I know that that tells me I can be a coach. And you, sometimes you have those days where you doubt it. I never doubt now that I'm, a, I'm good at podcasting, even though I can get better because I, it's like pulling that rope out of, of a person to get them to really talk about who they are. That's fun. And then get to talk about their thoughts and 
dreams and their hopes and where they came from and where they're going. That's fun. That's truly fun. And I think you're the same way though. Absolutely. I think that, that all of us long for connection. And when we find yes. the common things, we, we're connected. We're, we're, we're the same in that area. And that's enough connection to start a beautiful journey, whether it be a temporary journey as a coworker or a lifelong journey. What a great place right. to start. Yeah. And that connection is all about vibration and vibration for me is everything. And I'm starting to be able to see that now better than ever, but here's the kicker for that. That's me losing resistance to my true self. And you know that as a coach and as a therapist. So do you, I don't know. I, you just fill me with so much joy just talking to you. Do you, does everybody have that kind of same reaction to you? I don't know, but I certainly hope so. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I know. Here is one of the greatest things that, that, I think all of us can do, and we can do this whether we're coaches or not, and that yeah. is to give people a reason to smile and a reason to be grateful. So when we connect at the level like you and I are connecting right now, yeah. like that, this gives me something to be grateful for. This gives me a smile and you can't see our faces, but we're both smiling for those of you listening. And what, what greater thing, what greater thing could we offer each other? Um, I, I told someone yesterday, um, I could be making a whole lot more money than I do make if I would just hurry, hurry, hurry and okay, get you in and get you out and get this number in and get this number out. But if we don't connect, we don't give people a reason to be grateful. We don't give people a reason to smile. Did we really serve them well? And oh, I love when stuff just comes to me in listening to you. And I agree, we do serve them well. And we're serving them by our connection because one of the things with all of this division and all of this other thing, I just, it's, some people call it the great reset. I just call it the great awakening because I think our consciousness is just awakening. And if you, people can see that I've never met you in person, I've corresponded to you barely on Facebook, but I love your posts and everything. But if we could connect at this high spiritual energetic level, what, I mean, everything is possible, right? Absolutely. Everything. Everything and anything. I know. And that's, that's how we serve people is not only by helping our clients, but connecting to people, no matter where we're at, whether I'm in line at Walmart or whether I'm making a, a vanilla latte or I'm coaching people or I'm on my podcast. This is what, oh man, the endorphins are going off the charts today for me. <laughs> I, I love, love it. That. Yeah. You're kind of half life coach, half preacher though, aren't you? You've got that little preacher feel, and I love it. I'm all about it. I've I'm heard, all about it, Nisi. <laughs> what? I've heard that before. I don't think my pastor's stepping aside for me or anything like that. But <laughs> Right. 
but you I, but you bring that fire and brimstone love and connection to how you present all your topics that that's why and even the way you write you write such an in, on your facebook post in such an empathetic level i think that's beautiful because i think empathy is something that we're really lacking right now and yes like I have, you know, and I don't mind saying this, I've got an empathy leadership course that I'm doing some chicken scratch on because I believe people need that. Wow, I believe it as well. And Kelly, please let me know when you get that done because I bet I've been asked a dozen times in the month of May, how do you develop empathy? So I want to know about that so I can pass it along. Well, it's, it's you know, the difference between sympathy, sympathy is, okay, you and I have lost significant others in our lives, whether it's our parents or mm-hmm. even a pet. Mm-hmm. And I sympathize with somebody who's lost a cat because I've lost two cats, actually. Mm-hmm. And I've lost my father. And so I sympathize with people who've lost them. Sure. Empathy is, I don't know that, but I'm going to put my foot into your shoes, walk a little bit, and I'll develop oh, I, now I kind of see where your world comes from. Yeah. And that's what empathy is. And empathy is more about listening. And I, I will, I'm looking forward to it. I've got one of my best friends who's, I don't know, just came out of the woodwork in, in Rockport, and she's my favorite person here. Wow. And she's done some teaching, and she's a spiritual life coach like me. And... But she's done workshops and things like that. So I'm just going to work with her on, because I've got several different things that I'm doing. Even I've got an idea for a writing meditation workshop where you, most people get really freaked out about meditation because, oh, I got all these thoughts. So I'm not really meditating. So you can meditate by writing by hand. Yeah. I've done it and I've proven it. It works. So and she's kind of Kathleen and she's kind of my guy guide to how to take that idea and actually structure it as a workshop to where you go the beginning, middle and end and something that you're well versed to because you're an expert in training. I know because I've read about you, I've seen it and it's awesome. And I don't know how you developed that, but I think that's, you know, maybe the Malcolm Gladwell 20, you know, 10,000 hours of it, but <laughs> you, right. Well- Actually, I have to tell you, there's just a fun little story. I know we're about out of time. No, no, Uh, no, we're great. No, um, we can go as long as you want. Well, when I was in graduate school, I had this wonderful professor and and she was on Oprah and all of the great shows. And her name was Dr. Pat Love. And I, um, I had gotten over just being scared to death of everything, but I didn't know anything about, you know, presenting myself well to people. And the way she was, her body language, her body, uh, her, her facial expressions, her, the tone of her voice, the way she spoke just really spoke to me. So I took a videotape <laughs> of hers and put it on a big screen TV. And I practiced her movements. I practiced her tone of voice and how she would lean in. And and I thought if I could just be just a little bit like her, I think what's in my heart could come out in an effective way. 
So uh, I actually memorized that whole talk. I didn't plagiarize it and use it. But right now, if you said, give us that talk, I could, I could do the whole thing oh, yeah. exactly as she did it. But about a year later, I had the opportunity to speak at, at quite a large convention. And um, the topic matter was totally different than hers was. But after I finished, a man came up to me and said, do you know Dr. Patlin? And I said, actually I do. She was my graduate school advisor and, and in my mind, the greatest mentor on the planet. And he said, I thought you must know her because you move like her, you speak Aww. like her. And I'm like, thank you. What a huge compliment the greatest compliment in the world and so I toyed about whether or not I was ever going to tell her that story but I did end up telling her and we're still very good friends and we often talk about me being a mini her <laughs> oh is that right that's wonderful what a, a that's a compliment from her too as well so, so she did a good job of mentoring you now you mentor people though how did that go you know, I love mentoring people, I, whether I'm mentoring them in coaching to become greater mm -hmm. coaches or just in a personal private issue. One of the things I believe that we all leave a legacy and my name is never going to be in, in neon lights, uh, which is perfectly fine with me. And so a lot of people think, and I used to think, I don't have much, I didn't invent anything, but if I impart a piece of me into someone and they impart a piece of them into someone else, we can leave a legacy for generations to come. So when I mentor for me, that's all about leaving my legacy. And that's a, a great thing. I love that. And I needed that. And that's the one thing I tell people about my podcast is I love talking to people and I love to hear their origin stories, but I always learn about myself. Mm -hmm. And you just taught me something about myself because I'm going through this. I'm 56 and I don't have kids. I've never, it just never happened for whatever reason. And I'm okay with that a little bit because I always wonder what my legacy is. You, know, you just told me what my legacy is. You're leaving it this very moment to everyone. Right, listening. exactly, right? Isn't yeah. that cool? Your legacy is being passed on right now. Yeah, I know. And that's great. And that's fulfilling because like one of the things, a lot of people, I wrote a post on Instagram, which is where I kind of impart some of my coaching wisdom. And I wrote a post about satisfaction and people think satisfaction is, being content and I don't think that I think satisfaction is just taking that current moment and just uh, right now talking to you looking at you I'm very satisfied mm -hmm. that doesn't mean I don't want bigger things for myself later on but that I but that's the ego talking because the ego wants you know Eckhart Tolle always says the ego lives in the past and the future but never in the present mm -hmm. and you got to let that future me and that's who I'm going for of course because I know that journey but in a current moment I'm sitting here looking at you and talking to you and I can close my eyes and be extremely satisfied that's what life's about 
Yeah. 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 And like I said, also, we can go as long as you can. We use, I use Zoom for this, and they usually give me 30 minutes. But I've, every podcast I've had has gone at least 45 minutes to, and I've had an hour and a half, I think, on one of them. Wow. Like, I had a, this beautiful human being that, I, again, was a referral to me by the name of Mika Yerkovic on my podcast. And she has this book called Self of Love, which is really, really good. And we talked and talked. And it's the same vibrational energy that you right. have. It, and she's just an amazing human being and talked about all of her contrasts that she went through in life. And that's what, that's what you almost have to have some joy in not a lot of joy, but some joy in that contrast to know that I'll get through this because I've been through something similar before. And as coaches, that's what we have to, we have to help, help them find that because most people have blind spots towards those kinds of things. Right. For sure. Yeah. Where has there been any, like, I don't know, I've had, I've been on the floor in a fetal position crying moments in my life. Have you had anything similar to where it's like, and then you had to climb out of it to help you become this wonderful, beautiful, passionate human being? Well, thank you for that. Actually, I've had more than one of them, but one that comes to mind is early on in my career, I wanted uh, to be in the treatment industry. So I had an inpatient and outpatient treatment center. And one of the things that that, uh, I'm, I'm pretty holistic minded. So one of the things I knew was that sugar metabolizes in our bodies the same way alcohol does which is why most people end up gaining weight as they give up alcohol because they're creating that same experience with sugar. So in both my inpatient and outpatient treatment centers, they didn't get sugar. Um, And so I was sitting at the desk one day and, and it was a round desk and there were halls off of the round desk. And I was eating my king size Butterfinger and drinking a Dr. Pepper. And a couple of the guys in treatment came and said, you're such a hypocrite and blah, 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 blah. And they wouldn't stop. So finally I said, if you will just shut up, I will give up sugar as long as you're in here. And it was the end of October and they were in there a couple of weeks, three weeks, and I knew I could do it. So they marched me to the dumpster and made me deposit my uh, Butterfinger and my Dr. Pepper. And I thought, well, two things happened. Number one, I was in a fetal position at home that night because sugar was my drug of choice. And it's how I coped with all of the stress. And I was literally trembling and sobbing, but I'm, I'm a person of my word. I said I wouldn't sugar on as, as long as they were in the treatment center. And I'm in right. there saying, are you going to be a person of your word? Are you going to eat some sugar so you can tolerate this? <laughs> it was, it wow. was a horrible experience. I learned later that breaking a sugar addiction, and I mean, 90% of my diet was sugar, is harder oh. than cocaine. Right. 
And I was a mess. But during that night, that night in my fetal position, I, I said to myself, this is not about sugar. This is about a moment for you to decide if you can walk through this dark night and be a person of your word. Nobody will ever know if you go buy yourself another Butterfinger and Dr. Pepper, but you will know. And you will know you are not a person of honor. And that sobered me up. <laughs> it, wow. I still cried. I still trembled. But I sure, said, sure. no, I'm going to do this. Long story short, one of those guys ended up there for six weeks. I missed all of Thanksgiving treats. I missed all of Christmas treats. And I felt better than I felt in my whole life. So I've been sugar-free for 20-something years. That is an amazing story. I would not know that. that that's a, yeah, but sugar, is, it, it's got the same properties of cocaine, really, is what Absolutely. I've been told. Is that right? Absolutely, yes. Yep. And that's incredible. I love that story because... Yeah, because you did, you've done so doggone much. I mean, geez, what haven't you done other than maybe own a sports team, but, <laughs> right? Because you've got you treatment centers. <laughs> yeah, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but I could, I could truly see you owning a sports team. For some reason, that came out of my mouth and I can see it. But you've, if, treatment centers, counseling, life coaching institute. Uh, what about your... Do you have any goals in your personal life just for Nisi, the, the, this beautiful human being that's so warm and kind and caring, not only to us, but I look, you really treat yourself as sacred. So where are you going, you know, in your life to, to continue to serve others? Or is it, what do you do internally to help keep that balance? Well, I do intend to keep serving others, but... Yeah. I have a new goal for myself. I became familiar with an 82-year-old woman by the name of Ernestine who became a bodybuilder. Now, I don't want to compete, but I have decided that I am going to uh, tone up and develop lean muscle mass. I don't have any desire to be uh, a world champion or anything, but I'm really working on resistance training right now. And that I'm really awesome. excited about it. Yeah. How long have you been going? Um, I've been actively working at it about six months and it took her 18 months to get to where she is. And she's really amazing. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking that I'm on at least an 18 month journey and then I'm going to maintain. And so yeah. I, I'm very rigorous in my exercise and health because I think that's yeah. all part of taking care of ourselves. But this is a new twist to it. I'm really having fun with it. That is awesome. I think that's neat. And how does that help you mentally? You know what? Because yeah. I've always done my cardio, I didn't mm -hmm. really think it would make that much difference in how I thought and how I felt and my energy levels, but it has taken all of that to a whole new level. 
And at the same time, I've been doing and developing some new brain training. And it's like, what I was really having to press through before is just coming so quickly. It's like, it really does help my brain acuity and my energy level. So it's been really fun. That's great. And I knew you were kind of wired like me, just like when I moved here and I didn't have anything to show for it other than my possessions and uh, a storage unit. That was it. That was a huge challenge, but I knew in the middle of that challenge, even though I was scared, I knew I was, it was going to be fine. I just knew. But you're like me and that you like to give yourself hard challenges to go after because you've done that I mean with your education you've done that with treatment centers you've done that with your life coaching institute you know to where now those are just purring along perfectly and now you got this big endeavor of just not getting ripped but taking care of your body which you didn't know that it was going to help your you know your brain acuity as you said no I didn't but I'm loving it <laughs> yeah, I think your natural DNA, sugar aside, I think your natural DNA is to be as lively as you are because you, you know, you're probably like me, you've never met a stranger you didn't know, right? Absolutely. It's, it's a great way to live. Well, for me, it is because I've had people describe me as an introvert and I don't consider myself that even though I need my introvert time. I do yes. need like, you know, all right, I'm done. Oh. I have to have that time as well. Well, but listen, I, Kelly, what? I am sorry to have to do this, but I'm no, but we got to run. That's all right. I was trying to come up with a couple more questions and I really wasn't having any more out of my head. So that's great. That's perfect. Now, just give us a plug of where people can find you so they can actually learn about your life coaching institute and anything else you want my listeners to know and then you can head out and go have a, a great monday oh thank you so much uh you can find me on the web at drnisi.com it's dr no period or space n-e-e-c-i-e.com or you can also find me at Dr. Nisi Moore, M-O-O-R-E, on Facebook. There you go. Wonderful to see you. Thank you for the energy boost. I needed it. It's awesome. You're you, so Kelly. lovely and wonderful. I just appreciate the way you follow and leave comments. It means the world to me. And let's not make this our last talk. All right. Let's not make it our last talk. I'll check in later. I appreciate you. You go have a wonderful day. You too, Kelly. Make the most of it. That's right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.